0: All right, we are doing Monday of Bifu Kosa. again in a leap year when Bahar and are separated. So today we continue the beautiful, beautiful blessings that we will receive for serving God. Some of them are received on the spot, so to speak, meaning throughout the duration of this exile, and some are specifically for redemption. So we are in... Chapter twenty six we're up to verse six. I'll provide peace in the land, and you will lie down with none to frighten you. I will cause wild beasts to withdraw from the land, and a sword will not cross the land. I'll provide peace. So rashi says, Well listen, a person could say, Hey, you know, until now you've been telling us all this great produce will I have the blessings of the produce, and at the end of the day if there's no peace, there's nothing. So therefore we're saying and you're gonna have peace. So from which we learn that the peace is equal, the state of peace is equal to everything else. As it says, He makes peace and creates everything. So to equal peace to everything else. The sword will not cross your land, well, we already know that they're not going to fight you, but we're saying they're not going to cross, like if they need to go somewhere else, they're not going to feel comfortable to shortcut through your land. Because the, the fear of you will be so great, your power will be so immense that nobody even dares saying, oh, well, we're just allowing our arms to walk through your land. Next verse, you will pursue your enemies, and they will fall before you by the sword. Very interesting, Rashi says, if you look in the Hebrew, they will fall before you to the sword which, of course, since a chumash doesn't waste words, that extra word, lefneichem, seemingly is unnecessary. So what Rashi says it means is, you don't even have to kill them. They're going to fall by their own swords. Meaning the soldiers of the enemy will end up killing each other as they run away. So it's the enemy killing them, and they're going to all fall by the sword. Five from among you will pursue a hundred, and a hundred from among you will pursue ten thousand, and your enemies will fall before you by the sword. First of all, Rashi says from among you, meaning from among the weak of you, five from the weak of you will pursue a hundred. And then Rashi says, very interesting mathematics here. Five is going to pursue a hundred. A hundred, well, uh, five times twenty is a hundred. Twenty times a hundred is two thousand. So I should say five will pursue a hundred. hundred will pursue two thousand. But it doesn't say that says five will pursue 100, and 100 will pursue 10,000. So how did we jump from what mathematically parallels to be 2,000 to 10,000? So this is a very strong lesson. He says you can't compare a few who are serving God to many. So if, so to speak, these five are righteous, they can pursue 100. If you have 100 righteous, it's not equal to pursue 10,000. It's 10,000, because when you have a multitude of people serving God, more, more powerful than an equivalent number of lesser people. There's an added benefit because it's many. And your, and it will fall. Well, we just said that in the previous verse, literally. But obviously, it must be saying something new. So russia says they're going to fall unnaturally, meaning like just not even make sense. Sort of like we saw in the Six Day War. I will turn to you. I will make you fruitful and increase you, and I will establish my covenant with you. I'm going to turn to you, so to speak. I'm turning away from all my concerns, so to speak, to pay your reward. And Rashi references here a a parable in Teres and the measures that says, this is like a king who hires many workers, but there was one worker that worked for a long time. The others were much more transient. So when the workers came to collect their wages, the king said to you that, long-time, so to speak, faithful worker. I'm trying to deal with you. The other young men, they work for me a little. I'm paying them a little. But I have a substantial account to settle with you. And so, too, the Jewish people in this world are requesting their reward from God. The other nations also want their reward from God. But God says to the Jewish people, my son, I'm trying to deal with you. The other nations, they work for me a little. I'll pay them a little. I have a big account to settle with you. So that's what the verse says, I will turn to you. So obviously, God has no limitation. He doesn't need to turn from one thing to another. But the term is using this language to show how great is the reward in store for the Jewish people, as if God would have to free himself from other concerns to deal with this enormous reward for the Jewish people. I'll make you fruitful with fruitfulness, with proliferation, with an increase of the population. I want to increase you with a bearing have I can establish my covenant with you. And Raji says, this means a new covenant. Why do I say it's a new covenant? Because our passage is listing blessings that we're gonna have for receiving, blessings we are going to receive, for preserving the Torah. So if we maintain the old covenant, it's not a new blessing, it's not a curse. It's the absence of a curse, but it's not a blessing. They were saying there's blessings here, there has to be something new here. So why do we need a new covenant? It's not like the first one. The first one we messed up by the sin of the golden calf. This is a new one that's not going to be annulled. And of course, this is a reference to the times of the redemption.